Hello everyone, Krista and Hannah here with a brief message before we start the episode. We are on the third season of Keys to Music Learning and we have loved every second. Talking about audiation-based piano instruction is a passion of ours, if you couldn't tell, and we thank you for listening and keeping us going. We recently launched the Keys to Music Learning community. Similar to Patreon, this is a way to support the podcast and access bonuses, such as opportunities to attend podcast recordings and monthly meetings so you can pick our brains with your questions, share your successes, and connect with other teachers. Become a silent partner for only $3 a month or, to access the bonuses, a friend of the podcast for $5 a month. Join today at musiclearningacademy.com slash keys to music learning community. The link will be in our show notes. Thank you all for listening and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Keys to Music Learning. I'm Krista Yadro of Music Learning Academy. And I'm Hannah Mayo of Hannah Mayo Music. Join us as we discuss common goals and challenges in the piano studio and offer research-based ideas and solutions to guide every one of your students to reach their full musical potential with audiation. Last week, I talked about how important it is for children to experience a playful, musically rich environment and the difference informal guidance made for me and for my students. Today, Krista is going to talk about exactly what informal guidance is and how it applies to the piano studio. Then, you will not want to miss the next four episodes where Krista and I give you ideas and tips to include informal guidance activities with your students. And don't forget... If you have any questions as you're listening today, Krista and I will be recording a Q&A on teaching beginners of all ages. The link to ask questions will be on the show notes. Take it away, Krista. Thank you, Hannah. I always learn not to start an essay or speech with a definition, but I'm breaking that rule today because I love Dr. Gordon's definition of informal guidance. So... As defined by Gordon in the 2012 edition of Learning Sequences in Music, page 398, informal guidance is, quote, a sequence curriculum of acculturation, imitation, and assimilation designed to encourage children in music babble to respond naturally and spontaneously to music. In informal guidance, children are not forced to respond to music. They are simply exposed to music, end quote. Very scholarly. Yes, thank you. Hey, definitions are important, especially in our line of work. So I'd say an an exception is okay here. (laughs) Thanks, Hannah. And let's dissect this definition a bit because these three sentences are loaded with information. So first, a sequence curriculum of acculturation, imitation, and assimilation. This is preparatory audiation the process of learning how to audiate. We're not born comprehending music syntax, just like we're not born understanding language. So we need to sequence our activities and musical interactions to guide our students, to sing in tune, to coordinate their breath and movement when singing and when playing the piano, to improvise vocally with tonal and rhythm patterns on a neutral syllable, and to keep a steady beat. Now, ideally, this occurs between 
birth and roughly age five or six, and then the student is ready for formal instruction. But note I said ideally. Chronological age does not indicate our student's readiness. It can be helpful when picturing the overall sequence in perhaps a perfect musical world. But as a piano instructor, we need to be ready for students of all ages to enter our studio needing guidance through these sequenced stages. In acculturation, students absorb the music around them, orally collecting sounds, responding at first with seemingly random sounds and movement, and eventually trying to relate those movements and sounds with the music in their environment. In imitation, students start to recognize that their sounds don't match the musical sounds and patterns that they're hearing, and they start to imitate with more precision. In assimilation, students start coordinating breath and movement with their singing and chanting. Students will sing in tune, chant in meter and tempo, and move their bodies to the macrobeat and microbeat. They will improvise with rhythm patterns on the piano, play performance pieces from keyboard games. Now at this point, they are ready for formal instruction. The next part of the definition, we are encouraging students to respond naturally and spontaneously to music. This is so important. Specific responses are encouraged. They are not expected. Responses include echoing tonal and rhythm patterns, exploring and improvising on the piano, improvising vocally, exploring the sounds of our voice and of our singing voice, and playing keyboard games performance pieces. Now, if a student isn't ready to echo patterns, tonal patterns, or rhythm patterns, that's okay. I still sing or chant for them and then just leave silence. If a student is asked to create with do day do day on the piano and ends up creating with do day do, that's okay. I might ask them, was that the same or different? If they say same, I learn from their response. They might not be hearing the difference, and that tells me they need more guidance and more practice with rhythm patterns. If they say different, then they are hearing the difference, and maybe they just wanted to do their own pattern. We may give it one more try, and then we move on. If a student is asked to take a performance piece and create something new, I accept their creation, even if it doesn't necessarily sound musical to my ears. Creativity is encouraged and supported. May I say a quick word about that? Of course. I don't recall where I read this exactly. I think maybe the keyboard games teacher guide, but there's a line about creating rhythm or tonal patterns and accepting what the student does no matter what. And we also do this with our keyboard game pieces when we ask them to change it after they've learned it. And it says, accept what they do. And that means if a four or five-year-old does a glissando down the piano, every time you ask them to change a keyboard game piece, you accept it. You say something diplomatic that reinforces their creativity, like, yes, that was exciting, and then move on. The accepting and then moving on is really powerful. Exactly, exactly. And the learning from their response, right? If they don't get something right, we don't have to correct them, but we learn from that, and that guides our instruction. So the final part of the definition, Dr. Gordon states, the children are simply exposed to music. I like to call this our music environment. With informal guidance, my goal is to immerse the students in music for as long as I have them in class. In fact, I even sing directions on the resting tone or chant them in meter when I can. If I have those students for 45 minutes, I aim for 45 minutes of musical sounds. Those musical sounds can include songs in a variety of tonalities and meters, rhythmic chants 
in a variety of meters. Contrast is really important in a music environment. Tonal patterns, rhythm patterns. Piano repertoire, including pieces that I play for the students to listen and move to, and also the keyboard games pieces. The music environment is also filled with movement, flow, weight, space, and time, moving our bodies to what we're hearing. Now, 45 minutes of constant musical sounds, that might get a little bit overwhelming. So I'm sure to allow time for meaningful silence, which leaves space for audiation. It gives students the time to process and to respond. And some of the best responses I get from my youngest students come during these silences. I love musical silence. That's where the magic happens. I'm guessing we may have some listeners thinking, what does this look like in a piano class? Yeah, I'm sure we do. And honestly, we're so lucky to have a piano method that applies informal guidance before formal instruction, and it's right at our fingertips. Marilyn Lowe's Music Moves for Piano. Keyboard games, A and B, those are the student books, and there's also a teacher gu- teacher's guide. They are designed to lead students through acculturation, imitation, and assimilation. They take into account a music environment that's full of contrast, song, chants, creativity, and piano, and supports encouraging responses rather than expecting specific responses. So today I'm going to share some short clips highlighting the three main categories of activities you'll find in a keyboard games lesson in formal guidance. These are activity time, creative activities, and performance pieces. For today, I encourage you to just listen and absorb. Then over the next few episodes, Hannah and I are going to dive deeper into each of these categories. First, activity time. This is the part of the lesson where we sing songs in a variety of tonalities and meters, perform chants in different meters, and play with tonal and rhythm patterns and lots of movement. Listen to my song and stir with me. Bum 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 very nice can we sway ba 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 rock side to side and listen to my chant ba 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 repeat after me ba 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 
listen to my chant. Let's pulse the microbeat like this. Ba, 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 and listen. Here I go. Ba, 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 so during that activity time, you heard me singing a song from Keyboard Games called Swinging in Dorian Tonality. And with Lucy, my student in the clip, we sang the resting tone. I sang it. She echoed. And we also did some movement together, some flow. We were pretending to stir, maybe like a big cauldron. And then I chanted Green Meadows, which is a duple meter chant, again from Keyboard Games A. And I chanted the whole as we moved to the macro beats. Then I chanted rhythm patterns and Lucy echoed them. And then we went back to the whole. But instead of moving to the macro beats, this time we pulsed to the micro beats. So in activity time, usually I'll do a lot more songs. Usually I'll do probably four or five songs and chants for an activity time at the beginning of class. And then I'll actually have another activity time in the middle of class if I have enough time with the students. And each of those activity times, maybe five to eight minutes, we definitely spend at least 10 to 15 minutes in a 50-minute class singing and chanting and echoing tonal patterns and rhythm patterns, playing with patterns, creating our own puppets. Yes. Hannah loves her puppets. Patterns and puppets. Yes. And just so we're clear, puppets serve a very specific purpose in my studio, when a puppet comes out, it means a thing. So when you're using puppets or other props, make sure that they have a purpose. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, it might be worth mentioning, I have had a handful of students in the past, in my early childhood classes, in my keyboard games classes, that would only echo tonal and rhythm patterns with a puppet. When you're trying to coordinate 40 preschool children at the same time and you need them to understand when they're supposed to echo what you do and when they're just supposed to listen, the puppets are amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. So next, we have creative activities. There are so many activities we can do during this time. We can create with rhythm patterns, change performance pieces, do a my story, explore the keyboard sounds, create a medley or a mashup. The list can go on and on. We are going to improvise with a rhythm pattern today using do days. Should we use do day do do day do or should we use do day do day do day do? The first. Okay, so we're going to use do day do do day do. Can you say that? Ready, champ. Do day do do day. Can you play it on one key? I'll go first. Do day do do day do. We're going to use that pattern and we're going to make it sound like a very big animal. What animal should it be? A bear. Okay, so where does our bear live? Does he live down here? Or does he live up here? Nice bear. That's a nice bear, so he's going to be up here. Okay, so remember our rhythm pattern. What was it? 
Yes, and you can use any keys. Do, day, do, ready, play. How many times did you play that pattern? Two. Two times. Okay, let's think of a very different animal this time. How about a very tiny animal? What do you think? Oh, how about a bird? A bird. Okay, where does our bird live? All right, the bird lives in the high register of the piano. And what's our rhythm pattern? All right, let's hear your, wait, is your bird going to be loud or soft? Soft. Soft, and fast. Soft and fast, I love it. Do, day, do, ready. Very nice. Now, how many times did you play our pattern? Two. Two. I love the bear and I love the bird. Well done. So that activity is a very simple one that you can do in your lessons, even this week if you have a young student. You just choose a rhythm pattern that they are able to do. So when I first get a student, I might do a really short pattern. We might just improvise with do, day, do. And that's it. Or triple meter, do, da, dee, do. And then the students can improvise with just random keys, any keys on the keyboard. And then as they get used to the activity, you can start to add some restrictions. You can say, this time just use black keys or let's improvise fast this time or slow or loud or soft. I loved how you continued to take her deeper into a musical texture with the dynamics and the tempo. And she even went with the tempo. So obviously you're teaching her about that. (laughs) So I just love how the back and forth between the two of you and, and you giving her even more to think about musically and her just going right along with it and making kind of a really beautiful little tune. Yeah, absolutely. And we could have kept going with different animals or even making up a little story about her bear and her bird. Finally, performance pieces. Keyboard games A and B each have 30 short rhythmic pieces that set an important foundation for both audiation and technique. They are taught with activities away from the keyboard, include preparation activities at the keyboard, and after students learn them, they do something with them and use them for creative activities. They are not meant to be learned perfectly and then you turn the page and don't think about them again. They are meant to evolve, to develop, to become something new. I like to think about the keyboard games as the clay or the paint or any other kind of art medium you might think about. And the students are the artists and they're taking these pieces of clay or they're taking these different paint colors and using them to create their own art. We are going to review the woodpecker. So before we go to the piano, can you put your hands in the air and let's do the motions in the air first. Do you remember what our rhythm pattern for the woodpecker was? That's right. We're going to start with this hand. Here we go. Do day, 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 do day. Can you do that yourself with chanting? Ready and do day, 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 do. Was that the same or different than mine? A little different? What was different about yours? Um, 
the beginning or the ending? The ending, yeah. You ended yours with do, day, do, and I ended mine with do, day, do, day. That's it. Do, day, do, day, do. One more time. Let's see if we can get it. Do, day, do, ready, champ. Do, day, do, day, do, day, do, day, do, day, do, day, do, day. You got it. All right. Let's find our keys on the piano. Show me when you're ready. Good. We're playing with a nice soft fist. You look ready. Do, day, do, ready, play. There it was. You almost forgot the day again. Let's play it with the duet. I go first, then I'll bring you in. Here we go. So that was the woodpecker from Keyboard Games A. It's actually the first piece that the students learn in Keyboard Games. And that clip had a few great examples of informal guidance in there. So Lucy did a few things differently. Um, one was the rhythm pattern at first. When she was asked to chant it herself, she ended with do, day, do instead of do, day, do, day. And that's okay. I'm not going to tell her that she's wrong, especially in informal guidance, but instead I'll just ask guiding questions. So I asked her, was that the same? And she knew that it wasn't the same. So when I asked her, well, what was different? She took a moment to think, but then I can ask some more guiding questions if she didn't know the answer. Well, was the beginning different or was the end different? Also, when she was playing the woodpecker on the piano, at first she did do day in one hand and then do day in the other hand, instead of playing do day, do day in one hand. And we just kept going. I didn't stop her to correct her, but she heard her mistake. She stopped. She laughed about it. And then we just did it over again and we played it the way that it was written. I love how that whole interaction was really playful. Oftentimes, students will do it differently, and I'll say, it's not wrong. It's just different. Why don't we remember that for when we change it later? And now let's try it like this again. Exactly, because we want to play it the way that it's written so that we can make changes. But why not explore and have fun while we're guiding the student to play it that way? Sounds good to me. Krista, I think this sets the stage perfectly for our next four episodes, where we are going to discuss activity time, creative activities, and performance pieces more in depth, with examples that you can implement in your piano lessons immediately to guide your students' musical development. Just a reminder that we have our Q&A soon. If you have any questions about teaching beginners of any age... Let us know by March 22nd. The form to submit questions is on the show notes for today's episode at musiclearningacademy.com slash keys to music learning and on our Facebook group, Keys to Music Learning. 
an introduction to audiation-based piano instruction, and music moves for piano. We look forward to seeing you all next week. Thanks so much, and we'll see you soon.